This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Speaking today about a mighty woman of God. I'm speaking about Sarah, okay, and about being pregnant. And every time I mention that we're pregnant, which is going to be a lot this morning, I might do that. <laughs> Just because I want to. Probably, but I might not. Uh, Sarah was amazing. It was all, and I tell you what, there is so much to learn. And I did Joseph last time, didn't I? And now I've gone back to Sarah Reed. I should have thought this through and gone the other way. But you know what God says? Yeah, I don't want you to do that. I wanted to speak on Sarah last time. Look at this. Shoddy equipment. It's all happening. It's all happening, right. Oops, by my eye. There we are. There we are. We'll do it all like that. But Sarah, this is the child, Sarah birthed the child of the promise. So what I want us to all think about this morning, we're going to watch a little video in a minute, is about how you are pregnant. Okay, whether you are male, female, younger, older, you are all pregnant with something this morning. Okay? Everyone's like, ah, I think you'll find, Andrea, we do not have the required equipment. (laughs) And uh, as a nurse, you may well be a little bit biologically off there. But what I'm saying, in the spirit, okay, you are all pregnant with something. And I want to build on what we spoke about last time, which is really all about your purpose in the Lord God, your purpose in Christ Jesus, yes? Yes and amen. And how his plan is his purpose for you. And all of it travels through from the Old Testament and finds fruition in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. Because Sarah was the mother of... Thank you. Thank you. One person in church on a Sunday morning knew who Sarah was the mother of. I just think you should all be a tiny bit ashamed. Okay. So it was the mother of Isaac who was the mother of father of (laughs) right Abraham Isaac and Jacob from all of that line comes Jesus so if you are pregnant this morning understand you are pregnant with Jesus himself yes everyone's like that I don't know where you're going with this and I'm not saying yes because you might be nuts (laughs) so I am not putting my name to anything you are saying because this sounds tenuous at best Andrea okay What I want us to focus on this morning is our life. So much of our life is lived in stress and panic. Let's have a watch of this video because I think this sums up the Christian life perfectly. Watch this. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing this to you. A snake's eyes aren't very good, but they can detect movement. So if the hatchling keeps its nerve, it may just avoid detection.
for it. <laughs> the perfect allegory of Christian life. You know, you're born, the terror begins, and it ends in some sort of relief when you get to heaven. Okay? That's how we live our life, terrorised. I've got to say, though, if you weren't convinced that snakes aren't evil, you must be now. How mean are those snakes? Oh, my gosh. I was screaming at the television watching that. But this is what I want to say. We need to understand that the way we are made, the way God has created our life is not to be lurched from one drama to the next living in abject terror and fear beset on all sides by the evil snakes of life and satan and then we sort of clamber up the rock get there can breathe a sigh of relief at the end of our days when we are gathered with the saints your life is for living here and now you have so much blessing in your life here and now and we are to live in the fullness of christ jesus here and now so your life shouldn't be a dashing across the sands to avoid the snakes you are already on the rock if you're a christian do you understand okay we're going to move on we're going to start with this scripture and this is okay what i've called this message is called purpose and pregnancy but bear with me and you know that moment when you're the speaker and then god is just like chattering to you through the worship look many notes i made after you know you were all singing i was like oh lord man i'm not being funny can you stop because I've got to say all of this, and my head's full of it, your head's full of it. And you're just like, we've got to do this, we've got to get this. Do you remember what I said last time? Don't be looking around thinking, oh, I wish that person was here because this message is for them. This message is for you. This is where you take this on board because time is short, okay? And I honestly believe that God is calling you to something. He's calling us as a church, but he's calling you individually to something. And if you aren't going to do it, who is? So it's up to you. It is on you to listen to God, to take on board what he is saying and live in the fullness that he has for you. So your life is transformed and you transform the lives of others in the name of Jesus Christ to the glory of the Most High God. Do you understand that? When you see people, you are transformed by him for glory. You're changed from glory into glory, aren't you? And you are stepping out to transform the lives of others to the glory of God the Father. But we don't live our lives like that, do we? We live our lives, you know, chase, running away from snakes. And it becomes a matter of self-preservation. And I get that. I get that. Because life is hard sometimes. And there are days, oh, you know, you, we go through stuff and it feels like a layer of skin has been removed off you, doesn't it? You know, or, or just me. You know, where things happen, the things people do to you, the things life throws at you, illnesses, bereavements, people who let you down. People who let you down, spouses who leave, fathers who leave, mothers who leave. You know, it is hard and it feels like your skin has been removed and you were exposed to the world. Your sin, your shame, your guilt, your fears are exposed to the world. And the easiest thing to do in that time is to hide. We want to hide because we want to be made to feel better. And actually, while I'm healing, I want to do that on my own. I don't want you watching me heal. Because that's almost as bad as going through the thing itself, healing, isn't it? Because you have to face so much stuff about yourself, 
You have to confront so much stuff about yourself. You have to forgive the person who did it to you. And you have to heal. And it is hard to heal. Can you hear me? This is not some trite message I want to give to you this morning. And go, you know, you trust in Jesus, you get healed, you move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, healing is hard. And it hurts. Because you have to let so much stuff go when you are healing and forgiving. And everything in you screams out for justice, doesn't it? Everything in you screams, Lord, forgive them for what they do. But can you also teach them a really good lesson? <laughs> isn't it? But we do. Be honest. That's how we feel, isn't it? You know what? Well, forgive them for they don't know what they do. I'm so Christ-like in this situation. But if you could make them suffer just a teeny tiny bit, I'd feel so much better about my situation. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. Personal likes and dislikes. If you want to sort of, you know, just squeeze it down into what it actually is, it is just that. I would prefer it if they were suffering and not me. Yeah? That person could be sleeping 12 hours a night and having a life of Riley. But what you want, as a Christian, is for them to suffer. Now, none of us are like that. Right? We're all sitting there going, no, Andrew, you're wrong. I have nothing but forgiveness in my life for the people who have wronged me. For I walk in the steps of Jesus. And I am truly marvellous. Liars. Liars! Because all of us want that little bit of justification. Because what that does, if that other person is suffering, is it proves to other people that we were the ones that were right. Yeah? yeah? yeah. But you have to let all of that go. Come on. Telling you. You have Come to on. let all of that go. Because part of being pregnant, okay, is that you are now trusting in Jesus. We're going to read a bit of the scriptures. That okay? Yes. Correct Come answer? Because we're reading them anyway. Right, I've got my glasses on and the book out. Lee, can you put the first one up? Okay, so this is about Sarah, and this is about preparing to be pregnant. So it's from Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 to 22, okay? These new lights are lovely. They don't have to make you not hot. Those of you who stood here ever under the old lighting understood the feeling of melting. Yes, yes. Like the witch in the Wizard of Oz at the end. I'm melting! It's like that. But this is marvellous. I shall stand directly underneath them. Righty, where am I? Anyway, we're speaking about the word of God. Here we are. For I am mindful that I am <clears throat> speaking the word of God today. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Imagine that, Abraham, falling down. He's like, ah, <coughs> falling over. Yeah, when you read the word, you don't see that, do you? Abraham fell to the ground and he laughed. Abraham was laughing. Abraham was laughing, right? Because he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. You know, I worship and praise you and everything, but really, okay. <laughs> right? Will a son, and this is why he's laughing, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Yes, everyone, 100 years old. Hope is not lost for some of you. There we go. <laughs> Will Sarah have a child at the age of 90? Sarah's going, oh, I don't be funny, God. Right? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. Isaac yeah. means he laughs. 
Okay? I will establish my covenant with him, an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And that's what Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 nations. And it goes on and on and on and on. First thing we need to know is this, okay? This is a God-approved purpose. When God changes your name, it is a sacramental promise he is making with you. You sit here today, you look the same as you did when you first became a Christian. You are that same person, but you have been given a new name by God. You are now part of the royal priesthood. You are promised. You are a child of God. Yes? And because of your change of name, you know that God has an individual purpose for you. People are like, ah, what? Uh, no. Listen to me now. Right? Because this is really important. We bumble through our lives thinking, well, this is quite nice. And if God blesses me a bit, I'll be lovely and he'll be lovely and we can just crack on really happy. What you are failing to recognize in that moment is that God has set you apart for holy purpose. You are a vessel in the hands of God. You are a holy people, a royal priesthood. You are of Levites. You have been set apart for holy purpose by the Most High God himself. So you bumble from life to life if you want and miss out on the greatest gift God has given you. Life eternal, forgiveness of sins. You get to be a co-heir with Christ. Right? And you bypass all of that for a cheap bit of happiness. Oh, things are calm at the moment. Let's just leave it there. But you need to step out in faith because God is calling you a new name this morning. All those names other people have called you, all those other titles people have given you, all those other labels that have been put on you from the year dot, those are now gone. God gives you a sacramental name, a covenant name, a covenant that was given fruition and still continues to this day through Jesus Christ our Lord. You with me? So you are different from the person you were. Yes? I'm so grateful I'm different to the person I was. Okay? You need to be thanking God every day that you aren't the person you used to be. Amen. Amen. Because that person is gone. Stop calling yourself by that name. Got me? Stop calling yourself by that name. Be easy for me to stand up here and say, yeah, I'm unto the single parent. No, 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 no. no. I am called by the Most High God for purpose for his, that he has fitted for me. I can't walk your purpose, you can't walk mine. Hallelujah, isn't God good? So there's no competition here for us. But I know that God has called me. And the highest calling he has placed on my life is to love, is to be a good parent to my son. God promises to be a husband to the widow and a father to the fatherless. Why are you calling yourselves name God never gives you? Why are you doing that? Rise up, brothers and sisters. Rise up and call yourselves by the name God calls you. You are a new person. That name you are given is sacramental, which means we observe sacraments, don't we? Here, we have communion. That name is a blessed name given you of God. Live in that. You with me? Because your, your doubt and fear is crippling you. Crippling you. It is stopping you from doing what God wants you to do. You are stuck in a place. And here, God is preparing Sarah and Abraham. He's saying, it's coming. You're sitting there thinking, this is where I am. This is where I'm always going to be. It's never going to be any different. Listen to me. God is coming. And he is calling you. And he is saying, you prepare yourself. Because when I come, I come big time. Right? Right? So when you're sitting there thinking, well, this is all very well and good, Andrea, but you know, we're sitting here in a lovely cozy room and then I've got to go back to my life and my life sucks. I'm saying God 
is preparing you. Okay? He is preparing you in the midst of a life where situations suck. You know, we've had an amazing series from Pastor Phil about it's okay not to be okay. Go back, listen to all those words and cling to them. Do you hear me? Because life gets different when you are walking at what God wants for you. When you are listening to his word, when you are worshipping him alone, things change. He doesn't promise us a life with a magic fairy wand where all of a sudden, you know, things are marvellous. We spoke about this last time. Um, he spoke about it Friday night. He promises himself in the midst of it all. In the midst of it all. When the snakes are bearing down on you. And sometimes they do coil around you, don't they? And God says, I'm with you. And you get out. And there will be snakes. Heaven knows there will be snakes. But they will never catch you if you trust in God. They'll always be there. Psalm 91, isn't it? 10,000 will fall at your side, but it will not come near you. The Lord will send his angels so you don't even hit your foot. That's what it says. You will, you will not be caught in the fowler's snare. Little things along the floor that trip you up won't trip you up. Look where you're going. <laughs> Look at God. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's the way we walk. Are you with me? Yes. So there's a preparation going on, isn't there? Where Sarah is now going to be called something else. The promise is given to Abraham. Listen. Countless promises Abraham has. He walked out, not knowing where he was going, and he was promised, 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 promised. Angels showed up for them. God himself showed up and told them, the promise is coming. And still, they doubted. Right? These are amazing people. And still they doubted. You're not alone in doubting. It's okay to doubt. But what are you doubting? Are you doubting that God can do it? Or that God will do it for you? Because I think we all believe that God can do anything. But I think we honestly believe he won't do it for us. And there's the, the heart of it, isn't it? We sing, you're a God of miracles, right? We sing all of that. I know that was amazing, wasn't it, Paul? I'll just stay up here. You can come up and I'll just do that, right? We sing that and we truly believe it. I truly believe it in my heart. But honestly then, in brackets at the back of it, but not for me, but not in my life, but not when I'm around, for other people, but not for me. Right? I'm not questioning your faith in God. I'm not questioning my faith in God. I'm questioning my belief that God will do it for me. Do you see how we need to be real in this now? You see, the time has come for the church to wake up a little bit and stop trotting out trite one-liners to people. What people need is reality and truth in their life. And what I'm saying is, God gets it. People going, yeah, yeah, you know what? We're a body people. We believe in miracles and God's going to do it. My God can do anything. And inside you're saying, but not for me. And that makes you powerless. It makes you powerless. It robs you of all power. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life in full. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. But he lets you live. But he does that to your dreams and hopes. He destroys everything inside you until you are hopeless and demoralized. And he's there licking honey off his fingers. Job done. Do not let him do it. Your faith is in God Almighty, who sees you, who knows you, who hears you, and who promises you 
and he's good on it. You with me? He's good on it. So those things that you're thinking, this is, you don't understand, Andrea. You haven't seen my life. I'm saying God sees it and he knows it and understands it and he promises you. So you are pregnant and you are pregnant with Jesus. I haven't said anything that's on my notes. I'm just looking at them now. Isn't that absolutely marvelous? Right. That's point one. So pregnancy and preparation. Are you ready? Are you ready to be pregnant? Nobody's ready to be pregnant. It's the biggest lie anybody ever tells you. Right? Are you ready for this baby? Yeah, I'm ready. I am in no way ready. You don't even understand. You do know what it comes out of. You know? That's what you think. You just think this is horrendous. This is the worst thing there's ever. It's just so bad. It's going to hurt so much. And it's just you're terrified. You're terrified. So you've got to get ready. You've got to get ready for that baby. You've got to get ready. And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, you know what, you're going on about pregnancy, but I've never had a child. That never happened for me. And men are going, I've never had a child, Andrea. You know, carried when I'm in, you know. Isaiah 54 tells you to sing, O barren woman. Right? Sing, because blessed are the children of the desolate woman. Right? It doesn't matter. This is a spiritual thing that you are birthing. So it is, some of you have got children, marvellous. No, we love that, don't we? God bless our children. But God is working at you to birth something new. Are you with me? So don't think, well, he's never done it for me before. Or, you know, I'm all new to this. This is my life. I haven't got anything to give. You sing, O barren woman, and enlarge the place of your tent. That's what we are told. To lift up our eyes, see the king has come, and to think big. Because God's going, why are you playing small when I'm in charge? <laughs> what are you doing? All the Bible tells us what is shining our light, not hide, think big, step out, be brave, give birth, yeah. right? Because the world needs it. The people in your life need you. They need you. And they need you birthing good things, not bad things. You see, my second point is about pregnancy and a gestational period when you are actually pregnant okay so we've got another verse for that that is 18 9 to 15 if you got it and this part requires patience because this is the part where you have to wait this is the part where you are pregnant and it's growing inside you and it takes a long long time Sarah was 90 right she was 90 when God came to her and said you have a baby but he makes her wait another year <laughs> you love God He's going to like, and you'll wake up tomorrow, you'll give a little sneeze, and the baby will be there, and it'll all be amazing, and it'll just be... No, this time next year, oh, I've waited this long. It's never going to happen. You're just, you're just pushing the, the post further and further and further away from me. Why have I got to wait anymore? You wait, you hang on for what God is bringing to you. Let's read this up. You ready? It is in chapter 18, verses 9 to 15, if you have your Bible, if you don't. You're shameful and you should be left in the Right. 9.15, here we go. Where is your wife Sarah? Now, this is Abraham, okay? Abraham's already been in a tent with three angels. Three angels. Yeah, I said that. Three angels. Like it happens every day. He has a little prey, makes them food. They have a chat. Angels. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be amazing? Obviously, some of you think not. I quite like the idea of angels rocking up for tea. Okay, here we go. And they ask him, where is your wife Sarah? They ask him. They're, they're in the tent, he said. I love that. They're in the tent. Right. Then the Lord said, 
I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Okay, 90, come on. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, Am I... (laughs) After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? (laughs) Then the Lord said to Abraham... Why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Take it in. Take it in. I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did. You laughed. I love that. See, nothing is hidden from God. So he knows. He knows. He knows if you're laughing. He knows if you are thinking, well, this isn't going to happen to me. And you just have to hang on in there and wait. Some of you are tired from waiting. So we need to focus on another verse, which is Galatians. You with me? Which is it? Galatians 6, 9. I can never remember the numbers. I have to look, write the numbers down, but I know where, you know. Do not weary in doing good. For in time you will reap a harvest if you do not give Your harvest seems so far away. And that thing you wanted seems to have disappeared before your very, very eyes. And you are thinking, I have waited so long. I've been good, Lord. I've done all of this. I've praised your name. I've told people about you. I've prayed to you. I believe in you. I love you. But that thing has just gone. And he says, ah, don't give up. Don't give up. The devil tells you, give up. The devil tells you, you need to leave that go now. You need to leave that go. Nothing's ever going to happen with that. He's through with that. That door's closed. That thing you thought, no, ended. But God says, don't you dare give up. And we look at things in our lives that have ended. Jobs that have been lost. Courses that have been dropped out of. Exams that were failed. Marriages that didn't stand the test. Okay? Children that have gone off. Lives that have been destroyed. People who have died. And we think, no, it's over. It's over, but God says, and friends, please hear me, don't give up. Can you hear that? Don't give up. It looks like it's over, but I don't know anybody able to raise a life better than God. Did you? Nobody can raise a life. God's in the resurrection business. He's in the redemption business. If everything you have got today seems to be over, God is saying, I am your father. I am your father, and I love you with an endless love. Look what I can do for you. If you would, just wait. And while you're waiting, don't give up. And while you're not giving up, carry on working hard. And while you're working hard, you carry on praising my name. And while you're praising my name, you keep calling out to me. And while you're calling out to me, I hear you. Do you hear? Can you get it? Because, oh, my heart breaks to see the church in chains. My heart breaks to see individuals wrapped up by lies and the past and what has happened to you. It's time to break free. It's time to break free. So understand that your pregnancy means that you will birth something good. Are you with me? Yeah. Is this all okay? Because yeah. I understand there's, you know, you know there's, there's lots and lots of words. But, you know, God is in the waiting game. He deals in waiting. Jesus was 30 odd. Was he 30? Yeah. When, when he, you know, before he entered his ministry. I'm going to say that again because I don't think we quite understand what that means. The son of God, the son of man, lived on this earth as a human being 
and waited before he revealed himself in all his glory. He waited for the word of the Father. God was birthing something, wasn't he? And he said, when I say move, you can move. But you stay with me. And we're told Jesus didn't say anything except what the Father had told him. <gasps> you know, in him there was no sin. He just lived his life. That's amazing! So we can wait, can't we? And the important thing as well is, she is birthing Jesus. Sarah birthed Jesus. We are birthing Jesus. You get that? You are pregnant with God himself. I don't know what your baby is going to look like. Okay? But God does. And it's your baby. So individually break free. Changing hurts, but it matters. And you can move on with God. Birthing what you are meant to birth. It is for the glory of the Most High God. Sarah fell down. She laughed. She said, why would he do it for me now? After all this time. Because you see, this is another point I want to bring to you. Sarah had waited. She had waited. She knew the promise on Abraham's life. She knew a child would be born of the promise. So she meddled. Right? So hear this now. While you are waiting, stop your meddling. Sarah went to Abraham and said, God has promised us a child. I'm way too old. So I'll tell you what, you sleep with my maidservant, get her pregnant, we'll bring up the child. That obviously is what God means when he says that's the child of the promise. Who are you to dictate what God says is your promise? Right? God's promise is God's promise on your life. Who are you to dictate what his purpose is for you? So we meddle away. So Abraham has a son with Hagar, the maidservant, called Ishmael. And do you know what? Sarah hated him. Sarah couldn't bear looking at him. She was insanely jealous of this baby and this child to the point where the maidservant and Ishmael tried to run away because Sarah's so mean to them. Abraham loved him, but he wasn't the child of the promise. So you see, when God tells him, but I'll build up Ishmael as well, you don't need to worry about that because I get that he's your son too, but he is not the child of the promise. So you can birth, you can put all your time, all your finances and resources and love and trust into something that is not of the promise. And it will grow and God will say, I'll bless it. But you know what? It is not the purpose blessing that I have for your life. It is not the purpose promise I have for your life. So you know what? That's happened. Okay. But there is not, you can put, still pour all your time and attention into it. But I will not bless it as part of my promise, God says. That's hard, isn't it? Look at you all now going, whoomph, right? Because that's hard to hear, isn't it? That we, our, our attention can be diverted into something that we have created to be of God, but is not of God. You with me? It's not a bad thing. Ishmael wasn't a bad thing. Ishmael was his son. But he weren't no Isaac. You wait for your Isaac. Yes? Yeah. So you wait for your Isaac, stop your meddling, stop your manipulating, stop your agenda writing, stop telling God you should re respect your agenda, stop telling God how you think this should work out and say, I give myself over to your purpose, I give myself over to your promise, I don't want Ishmael, I want Isaac. And listen, maybe I'll speak on Isaac another time. What happens to Isaac? Oh my goodness. What Abraham's told to do to Isaac? <sighs> You'd be prepared to give it up. You know, this is all what we're doing. So Sarah, God bless Sarah. She teaches us so much. Mentioned in Hebrews 11, 11, by the way. First woman mentioned in the Hebrews Hall of Faith. Right? So she, God knew what he was dealing with. God knew he could trust her. 
but she meddled. Stop your meddling. Got it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you are in there manipulating. I'm, and you know, none of us like to think we're manipulative people, but we are. Medding away, manipulating away, emotionally blackmailing away, passive-aggressive behaviouring away, worrying, anxiety, doing all of this to make sure that what God brings into our lives looks exactly and feels exactly how I want it to look as I take you back to my initial point at the beginning of this because it suits me best. Self-preservation. Human beings are built for it. You saw, saw that little baby sea iguana, baby animals, baby sea iguana running, self-preservation. I've got to get out of here. When you are meddling with God's plan, what you're actually saying is self-preservation. I've got to make this work for me. I've got to make this work for me because something could actually come up that requires me to do something or say something or be a little bit uncomfortable. And I really need this in my life. This is how I need your blessing to look like God. So when his blessing isn't looking like that and we have to wait, we will create it to look the way we want it to look. And ultimately, it will become something that destroys you. Do you see? Because there is another verse, loads of verses on birthing in the Bible, loads of verses on pregnancy. But I take you over to James, where it says, his evil desires conceive and give birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Everyone's like, what have you just said, Andrea? My gosh, that's terrible. But listen, this is what it does. And I repeat You will be the walking dead. You will still be alive, but you will be dead inside because you will have robbed yourself of everything God has for you by giving in. And none of us like to think of our self-preservation and the desires that we have as bad things. But if they are not God's things, they are sin. Do you see? So it can be a really good thing and we can focus on anything we want. We can focus on the children that we have, a career, people, life, money, Friendships, relationships, anything. But if they are not God's thing, they are your thing. And it is sinful to pay more mind to that than to worship the Lord your God. Are you with me? People are like, oh my gosh, where does it say that in my Bible, Andrea? Well, you're not reading it properly then, are you? Do you know what? It's easy to go to a psalm that tells you how lovely you are. Right? It's easy to go to a psalm that says, oh God has got nothing but good for me. You know? And also, I will destroy your enemies. That's my favorite bit. Right, you know? All the stuff. We can flick, 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 flick through the Bible to find things that build us up. But we very rarely linger on the verses that say, you have done wrong in my eyes. And now you change. But God says, but death is swallowed up in victory. Right? So when you come to me, that's gone. And we go this way now. Can you hear what I'm saying? Can you understand what I'm saying? This is about challenging the innermost bits of yourself that you don't want to show anybody else. And I understand that. If my life was played on that screen, I would be devastated that any of you found out how ghastly I actually am. (laughs) I'm not. I'm amazing. No, but but that's what we tell ourselves, isn't it? And we believe the sanitized narrative that we write about our lives. Where it wasn't me that did that stuff. It was all the horrible, nasty, mean people in my life that made me do it. Okay? Stop whining. We need to stop whining. We need to grow up a little bit. It's tough. My gosh. I think it probably is. And I don't apologize for it because I'm preaching to myself as much to anybody else. You know what? The world needs you mature, whole, right with God, living, birthing good things into this world so that they can see Christ Jesus, their redeemer. Do you see how important it is? 
that you are whole. Because how are your family ever going to believe in the goodness of God if they don't see it in you? How will my father ever become a Christian if he doesn't see that in me? You know? And it's not, you know, you've got that that child-parent relationship. So you can be a bit stroppy around your parents, even at the ripe old age of 45. You know, but dad, uh, you know, we, we all do it. But if I am not Christ Jesus in that place, where else will he see him? Because my father doesn't go to a church to benefit from people's Sunday morning Christianity. Hey, hey. Come on. Some of us are Christians for two hours a week. But you play it out through your life. These people, there are people in your world depending on you. Do you get it? Point three, we're moving on. Again, none of that's in my notes. <laughs> right, this is the giving birth part, so it's purpose and pain. So we're on to verses, uh, chapter 21, where the baby is born. Oh, do you know what? We couldn't, we couldn't record the message on Friday night because um, of the echoey business with the, the microphone that you heard just now. But if you would hear Emily speak, it was amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely stand on your chair, come back from Excel, you know, get in here, listen to her, amazing, Right? <laughs> It was brilliant. And you know what? I love when God dovetails messages together. And he seems to be doing that in the preaching at the moment. Where people are just, he's just going, I kind of need people to hear this. So I'm telling all of you this. And he gives us all a different facet of it, which is brilliant. This is what Emily spoke on. I had to write it down, Emily, because I I couldn't remember it. And I must put on, no, off the top of my head. I kept kept paraphrasing and then adding bits to it. And I was like, do you know what? You're actually speaking about Emily, not yourself, Andrea. So I hope you're grateful because I have actually held back on my vanity to do this for you. So I don't do it for many people, right? You get full, you get parried, okay? But for this reason, I'm taking my, okay. God doesn't give you pain on purpose, but he can create purpose from your pain. What? Preach the stir. What? Isn't that amazing? That's what our young people are being taught on a Friday night. Okay? That's what we are rolling out. Do you see? Oh, I wish we could have recorded it. It was brilliant. But you know what? I'm sure we should get an opportunity to do it again. Just say it. Okay, one to seven. Here we go. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did, not, did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore. When his son Isaac was eight years old, eight days old, sorry, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. See, I laughed. No wonder Abraham and Sarah laughed. Like, I'd be off my head off. But are you kidding me? Shut up. Okay? I wouldn't tell God to shut up. I wouldn't say. <laughs> Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. She added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in old age. Blessed are the widows and the barren. You know what? You hang on in there and you let the peace of God reign in your heart. And when your promise is brought to fulfillment, the fullness of Christ Jesus in your life is apparent to everyone. People will look and call you blessed. Yeah. 
People will look and say, but how? How did this happen? How did this happen for you? And you will say that it was the Lord's doing and it is marvellous in our eyes. And you pour yourself out like a drink offering before the Lord your God and God sees it and says, here I will bless. And you will stand before people and be called righteous. You will stand before people and be called blessed. You will stand before people and they will say, surely God was with them. And you will reply, yes, he was. And let me tell you about him. And that might not happen on a platform. That might happen at a bus stop. That might happen in a doctor's waiting room. That might happen on your apprenticeship. That might happen in a classroom. It might happen when you're making a cup of tea somewhere. It will happen where it happens. Please, God, my father might come to me and ask. Or to my mother, to a family member. I pray for all your family members too, who are outside of salvation. We know how much that hurts, don't we? But I pray, God, that they will come and say, what have you got? I see it in you now. You tell me. To the glory of God the Father through Christ Jesus. That's how it happens. Isn't he an amazing God? Isn't he an amazing God? And people rejoice with you. I love that. People will rejoice with me. People will rejoice. There's no resentment here, is there? What is for you is for you. What's for me is for me. And we will all be together, a group of people, the ecclesia, the church. But we're a group of individuals who God is blessing individually. Corporately, he will do his thing and raise up a church that stands for him. Please, God, bring the day. Bring revival, Lord God. Don't we pray that? But you know what? It starts in a single heart, church. It starts in a single place, in a single heart, in a little church in Armenford on a Sunday morning. On the 20th of November, 2016, in a single heart here today, God goes, ah, now you get it. Now you get it. Let's do this together now. Let us reason together. Let us partner together. When two or more in agreement and they walk it out, this is what I require, says the Lord. So your heart needs not to be bound up in a corporate belief. Of course, you understand what I'm saying when I mean that. We believe in the church. It's God's idea. Hallelujah. But your heart is bound in a inextricably to God through Christ Jesus where you believe he has good for you and not evil after 70 years of exile I will bring you back says I says the Lord for I know the plans I have for you but you wait all that time and he brings you back with an everlasting love and then he says when he's done that and then you've given birth he says see you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart that's when you find him so your heart can't be on anything else, church. Your heart can't be placed anywhere else. So I ask you to remember these things. You are pregnant, and you are pregnant with, with, with Jesus himself. So prepare, be patient, and embrace the pain. Embrace the pain of the purpose. Because they call it labor for a reason. Right? It is hard work. It's not easy. <laughs> And you need a team around you, actually, when you're doing that. You need people going, one more push! One more push! And you need that because if it was left to you, you think, I can't do this. You feel like you're losing your mind. I think, I think some, some people hear me in here and you just think, this is too hard. This is inhuman. I'm going to die. That's how I felt. I felt, I'm going to die. This is, how can this be even happening to me? This is not real. And you've got people around you, and midwives, 
God bless midwives. Around you go in. One more push. This is it. One more push. So in your life, when it hurts and you can't go any further, remember that there are a cloud of saints around you shouting, one more push. One more push. Come on. Just one more. And then you are living in the fullness of Christ himself. Don't despise the day of the, of the giving birth. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the preparation. Don't despise the patience that you have to show. Don't feel resentful for God that God is making you wait. We rest in the hope and dreams that God has given us. And by dreams, I don't mean anything woolly or airy-fairy. I mean the actual notion, the realizable belief that God is working for good in our land and that he will build up a people who are for him. But, you know, it starts individually. It starts with us. I'm going to leave it there now. I'm going to give Paul enough time to run up here. The seating's different, you know. He might trip. (laughs) But, church, if you remember one thing this week, if you're sitting there thinking, well, gosh, it is that your life is precious before God. He sees the detail of your life and the detail of your life matters to him so don't think that he is a god he says actually doesn't he am i a god of far away but not close he's as close to you as you want him to be so you are pregnant get that in your head i know weird and you are going to give birth but make sure it's giving birth to the right thing and do not lose hope don't give up in the name of Jesus Christ, I hope you have a wonderful week, a truly blessed, marvellous week, and that you start to walk out the changes that God wants in your life, knowing that you are not alone and will never be alone. For his glory alone. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.